Chong Talk with Vicky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. I'm your co-host, JC, from the sunny shores of the northern reaches of the United States and heading all the way down to sunny central Florida, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, some call him Phil. He's like the mitigator of emotions in the world of life basketball. Please welcome Ricky Baez. Ah, holy smokes. Phil. Phil what? Jackson, right? Yeah. Oh, that's who you meant? Not Dr. Phil. Because I don't look like Dr. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> yeah, no. I you get do, you, though, brother. You do not look like Dr. Phil. And thank goodness for that. Not that Dr. Phil is a bad-looking man, but... Yeah. I don't have that kind of a draw when I talk. <laughs> almost. Almost had it, right? I got to get rim shots ready for that one. I wasn't ready for that one. That was a good, funny, funny. How you doing today, Ricky? I'm doing better, man. I'm doing better. I've had a rough couple of days. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I'll dive right into it, brother. I'll dive right into it. I've had a rough couple of days. Um, not going to get too much into it, but I do want I do want everybody to know that um, we had a death in the family, um, and it was due to COVID and, uh, it is, uh, it was, it blindsided us, you know, but, uh, it, it, it's, that's what family is for. We all get together. We see, we see what kind of hardship people are going through, um, in good and in bad, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been a rough four days, man, but you know what? I'm back at it. I'm happy to be, to be here in the saddle, uh, with you again for this show. And, uh, I saw that last night, you guys, and by you guys, I mean the entire city of Buffalo had an amazing game. Yeah, amazing. Man. The uh, the Buffalo Bills are on the move. Uh, they're doing fantastic things in the world of foosball. Yeah, got good stuff going <laughs> on there. You know, just got to kind of keep that momentum moving, man. You know, it's uh, it's a long season. You know, there's a lot lot happening. You know, after after the <laughs> the four days that I had, it was really great to actually sit down and then see that matchup with the Steelers. Uh, you know, because they were up against uh, uh, a heck of a team. And let me tell you, man, they knocked it out of the park. It was a really good game. And, bro, I felt homesick. I'm not from there, and I felt <laughs> homesick because I'm seeing what's happening. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, how awesome would it be to be tailgating before and after that game. Yeah, to actually be there. You know, you got a 71,000-seat uh, stadium, and uh, you can't have any people. You know, I mean, at least come up with something where you could at least have 5%, 10%, something. Whatever. It's all good. You know, the Bills are doing good. Things are doing good. You know who else is doing good? Oh. Paige Sparks, our favorite uh, labor law attorney out of Missouri. No discredit to our labor law attorney friends in New Jersey and Florida. But Paige Sparks has been tearing it up on the uh, Tiki Taki. Uh, let's what's, let's hear what she's got to say. Can your employer tell you to sh up? Probably, as long as it's not discriminatory or illegal in another way, it's not illegal to whole boss under Missouri law. So can your employer tell you to shut the bleep up? And she said it's not illegal. It's and not she's illegal. Right. He's right. It's not illegal. However. Depending how often you say it and how much you say it, it could create a hostile work environment. <laughs> true, <laughs> right? true. No, yeah, that's so, no, that's not hostile at all. Hey, shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. No, I'm because, sorry, shut up. I'm sorry. 
I remember that. <laughs> no, but can can a boss tell you that? I mean, they told us that all the time in the Marine Corps, so I guess, yeah, that's true. Or at least to me. I think I was told to me more than you. But either either way. I always yeah, love you, when people follow shut the F up with I'm sorry, though. There's nothing that, <laughs> there's nothing that beats that in this world. There's really not. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit the gas and kind of keep going. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to do here before the clock dings and, and you turn into a pumpkin today. Last week, I <laughs> talked about a lot of the crazy stuff that's happening over in uh, India. And some people have taken a deeper look into what's taking place over there. I've got two clips uh, from the TikTok as well here. Gotta love TikTok. And here's here's the reason why we love the TikTok so much. People actually have an opportunity to speak their voice uncensored, unfiltered, speak their mind, and, and share these thoughts and opinions. Kind of really appreciate that in a world where cancel culture is taking over and you're not allowed to speak your mind on other social media platforms. So first, the India workers' strike. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit about that. The largest workers' strike in world history took place this week in India, and you yeah, you heard that right. Two hundred fifty million people in India at one time went on a strike. Why is no one talking about this? Why has no one said anything about this? Why is why was this not plastered on the news? And then you kind of have to remember. Who owns all of those news stations? Who funds all of those news stations? You gotta, you gotta wonder. Look, I, I promise, I'm not trying to be, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to make a joke, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, how has that not disrupted the call center type of customer service in America? I'll tell you exactly how and exactly why. And for that, we're going to go to Nav the Poet, N-A-V-T-H-E-P-O-E-T. Nav the Poet on TikTok, who further explains what's taking place. Farmers in India are protesting, but why? The Indian government passed three bills that would open up the agriculture industry to the private sector, allowing for more options for farmers to sell their produce. The government believes this will encourage growth and benefit farmers greatly. Farmers have concerns that this will only benefit larger farmers and corporations, leaving smaller farmers to suffer, driving them further into debt. Farmers have decided to march in protest and have been met with barricades, water cannons, and tear gas. From my research of the bills, it does appear they can be exploited and severely hurt smaller farmers with less resources and bargaining power. Hundreds of thousands of farmers, including many elderly, have chosen to protest, bringing five to six months worth of rations for this endeavor. Now, what can be done? Educate yourself on what's going on. Research online. I'll provide links in the comment section. And raise awareness. Tag creators to help get this message out. And share this video along with other content on the subject to show your support. Nav the Poet, further explaining that this this strike of 250 million people, it's it's the farmers. India has 250 million farmers. Probably more than that, to tell you the truth, but yeah. <laughs> wow, that is insane. Yeah, there's yeah, a I couple more people in India than Florida. A little bit more. Yeah, yeah a, a little bit more. Even even less at the Walmart by Osceola and Kissimmee. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Way too many people there, and you still don't open up all of your uh, uh, cash registers. That's messed up. You need to open it up, Walmart. Pay attention. There was an article that uh, you sent to me this week, and it's COVID-related. Shall we steer clear, or do you want to get into it? No, no, we're good. No, go. Go for it. Appreciate that. Wall Street Journal. The COVID risks in the workplace break room. Workers find extra stress at what was once a lunchtime sanctuary for friendly chatter with colleagues. 
And here's ta- how to uh, take a breather safely on the job during the pandemic. This is written by uh, Krithika Barager. And I hope I said your name right. Uh, she's saying here, due to the pandemic, the steel mill uh, where this gentleman works in, in Pittsburgh, California, has reduced the capacity of break rooms from six to two people. Mandated wearing masks at all times and encouraged employees to spray down tables with a bleach mixture after they eat. Not the most relaxed place to take a break after spending hours in an indoor warehouse. At workplaces across the country, break rooms have been linked to the spread of COVID-19. They're often small indoor spaces where people let their guard down to socialize. Even those most careful about masks must remove them to scarf down lunch. That leaves workers vulnerable to a disease that's primarily spread through close person-to-person contact. And the article goes on. I'll leave it at that. Wall Street Journal, COVID risks in the workplace break room. So here's what's going on, because it's I've actually seen this myself. I've had conversations with my business partners uh, actually about a month ago that because we focus so much on social distancing while you're doing the actual work, your workstations, your restrooms, entry and 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 exit ways. And I I haven't seen the same type of protocols, the, the same type of energy for the break room. Right. Just because it's called the break room doesn't mean you should take a break social distancing and all the things that, that you need to do. So that was a timely article that I was reading over the weekend. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. People need to be reminded. Break rooms is part of the work environment. Those policies, everything need to be uh, the same across the entire organization, including a fire drill, JC. I've seen a fire drill where everybody's social distancing at work Fire drill head, they know it's a fire drill because we told people, and next thing you know, hurts of people walking outside, outside as well, congregating together in the same car, no mask, no nothing. Everything needs to be addressed. Fire drills, break rooms, restrooms, any room you have in the office, it really should be addressed. Is an elevator a room? It is a room. That's a great question. So how many people can you have in the elevator? Just put two or three or four. What? That's it? Is that what you guys do? Just one? No, dude, we don't go anywhere. We're all locked inside our homes. We, we, we're we not even allowed to go to the workplace. I can only imagine, though, if you have an elevator that fits 10 people, 8 to 10 people, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? But, you reduce it to one, one at a time. So who's going to oversee that? Who's going to hold people accountable? Unless they have a an elevator monitor <laughs> or just put a ring camera up there. I think they have cameras in there. And then and then do what? Hey, get away. Yeah, sure. In my next floor, <laughs> I'll get off and I'm good. So the vaccines started rolling out across the United States uh, today. And uh, they had a huge presser uh, with people getting shots in the arm for the very first time. A uh, doctor administering to a couple nurses. Pretty wild. A lot going on there. So vaccines, vaccines in the workplace, vaccines in your life, vaccines all the way around. They have rules for this. If you're under 16, they're advising against it. If you're breathing, they want you to take it. <laughs> you know, um, some people are already developing Bell's palsy, allegedly, from some of the recent reports that have come out. Those that have had it and um, they're still investigating some of that uh, low percentage in that regard. So when we think about this from a federal level or maybe even a state level, does a law need to be written 
to mandate people to get a vaccine. Now, that will be hotly contested if there's something like that comes up. A lot of people will debate. They'll argue. Might not even move forward. But if you work, can an employer force you to get a vaccine? Or potentially get fired. G-I-Y, only one. That's G-I-Y-O-H-N-L-Y, the number one. Address this exact topic on Twitter from, I'm sorry, on uh, the Tiki Taki there. From one of his credible sources. Don't know who that is, though. So I spoke with somebody today. Not going to say who it is. But they said to me that their company is coming out with a policy. And that policy states that you don't have to take the coronavirus vaccine. It's not a requirement. If you don't, you may or may not have a job afterwards. Sign here, please. Wait, 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 wait. So let me get this right. So I don't have to take the vaccine? Nailed it. But if I don't, then I could lose my job? God damn it. You nailed it again. Hmm. You know what? Let me talk to my family real quick. Be right back. So when someone says they're going to go talk to their family at that juncture, I think we know what they're thinking right away. What's your take on that, Ricky? Um, so look under normal circumstances, I would be like, absolutely not. They cannot force you, but with everything happening, I do see a lot of organizations being heavy handed that way. And look, I'm not an attorney. I would defer this question to all the attorneys, but let me give you this lonely HR person's opinion on that. I would venture to guess that outside of first responders, meaning people who deal with COVID-19 every single day. I don't think an organization can force you to 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 take it right um, now. Let's say they let's say whatever he said well, is real. I mean, what what he's saying he's he's still saying that there's an option. He's still saying the options on the table that you could decline it and you maybe lose up. your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm an HR guy who works from home, I shouldn't be I I shouldn't have to take that. But if I'm a doctor treats people every single day and 50 percent or more of the people who i deal with um are are have a low immune system then that might be a little bit different but even then what if that doctor says you know what that's against my religion now you have to go down the religious accommodation route that it's uh that that is explained on the title seven of the civil rights act right so now you 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 would say I'm sorry I can't do that I don't know what's going to happen I don't know if they may take that that doctor out of their um uh, of their job treating people because yes you do have the right um to go through the religious accommodation process but your right to exercise your religious belief does not trump the right of somebody else a patient who may have a low immune system. Um, they got rights too, right? So I, I, what I want to say, it depends on the job. I would love to get, man, you know who we need? We need that Sparks girl or we need um, uh, uh, Miklas on here to uh, to uh, talk about it. I would love to get their take on it just to see what they say because I'm pretty sure they're getting a lot of those questions right now. Take the vaccine what? or you're fired. We need you on the phones in your call center. <laughs> That's ridiculous, especially now, especially now where almost everybody is working from home. Why? Why? And look, I'm going to be honest here, man, and I'm going to go out on a limb, even with everything that's happened in my family and everything going on. Dude, I don't know about that vaccine. And here's why. Why? This is. Look, 
it takes years, years to perfect any kind of medicine, any vaccine. This was done in what, nine months? So I get it. People were pushing for it. Trials happened. But me personally, I just don't know. Even even with the flu shot, I refuse to take that flu shot because why am I going to inject myself with a dead virus? I'm not going to do that. I'm definitely not going to do this. <laughs> so, so I don't this know. Is I just different. Need- this is different, though. You're not injecting yourself with dead COVID-19. It's a protein that mm-hmm. enacts the body to attack spiky things. Simply put. <laughs> So you take this, and then your body goes after anything with spikes on it. And then, like, the spiky things die off. And the the one question that remains in my head is, like, what inside my body is a spiky thing that I might need someday? And maybe I don't realize I need that spiky thing yet, but maybe I do, and I don't know any better. Maybe they don't know any better. Never know, man. Now, it could be the flip side of it all, Ricky. It could attack all spiky things, and you could live to be the ripe old age of 225. You don't know, okay? You might just have Bell's palsy for 100 of those years, but it's fine. Or I might grow an extra leg. I don't know either, right? Uh, I, yes. I right? The so extra leg. That's, that's, what... that's why we call you tripod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, continue on. So, yeah, uh, uh, I don't – I'm just – I need to see more information on that. Luckily, I, I, I have the amazing opportunity to work from home. Um, and that's not in my wheelhouse right now. However, my spouse is in the medical industry, so I'm waiting to see what they say to her about this because she does work with uh, uh, with uh, patients in the hospital. So we'll see. Jake Offenharts of thegothamist.com wrote this article today, this afternoon. Cuomo and de Blasio warn New Yorkers to prepare for full shutdown amid fears of overrun hospitals. Now, Governor Andrew Cuomo told New Yorkers to brace for the possibility of a imminent shutdown, and Mayor de Blasio urged city residents to work from home if possible, as coronavirus cases and hospitalizations continue to climb across the intensely masked state. Statewide coronavirus hospitalizations currently at 5,700 people could double by next month, leading to another 3,500 deaths, according to the governor. He called on hospitals to begin forming partnerships now to deal with a possible surge in patients. Uh, This is on the heels of many color zones in New York State, many businesses, hairdressers, and the like being shut down in your various colored zones. We had a clip. I I didn't have enough time to pull it. I'll, I'll grab it for next week of a hairdresser in an orange zone who's uh, fighting for the rights of other hairdressers where there's a 1.4 to 1.7% uh, infection rate taking place within their their places of establishment, uh, uh, their businesses, whereas they're finding 74 to 76% are coming from house-to-house visits and other areas. Uh, So it's one of the lowest out there, you know, and they're doing everything they can to remain open, remain effective. And then the the state comes in with a sweeping pendulum and shuts them down. There's a lot going on. And now New York, where you can't go anywhere without a mask, is on the heels of shutting down completely. I have not looked into Florida, Ricky. If you could give us a update down there as to that mask mandate, staying locked in your home, and and how everything's going. Not here in not here in the Sunshine State. In the Sunshine State, yes, you do need to wear a mask everywhere you go. Um, it's restaurants are open, 
uh, restaurants are taking precautions. Uh, I was just I was just at a restaurant last night. Um, they got those little uh, those, those, those little glass panels between booths, and uh, I I don't sit at tables because that's just too open. If I'm gonna sit anywhere, I'd rather sit in a booth. And um, you know what? But here's what I do: if I walk in somewhere, JC, and I see a lot of people just not following the 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 uh, the proper protocols with social distancing and and masks, I just walk right out. Right. Because, you know, it's I've got a son. I've got a family. I don't want to uh, I don't want to expose them unnecessarily. But there are some restaurants, you know, one that 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 you and I have been to our favorite Mexican spot down here. They do a really good job, really, really good job at making sure everybody's safe. They have a lot of uh, PPEs for for all the uh, all the customers. So I frequent there like like almost twice a week. Yeah, once, nowhere else. <laughs> I, I, you told me at the beginning of it all. You're like, "Hey, dude, they've got OPP. I'm down." You know, I'm like, "No, no, no, Ricky, it's PPE." <laughs> you know, that's what it was. A little switcheroo, yeah. little switcheroo there. All right, so New York, Florida. Let's come back to New York for a second before we go to California. Do you have your uh, phone by chance? I I did send you in the links today a uh, a few tweets that I'm going to need you to cite coming up momentarily. With some of the uh, new news out there, the Wall Street Journal uh, led with this story earlier today by Jimmy Vilkind. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has been accused of sexual harassment by a former aide. The former economic development aide to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and current candidate for Manhattan Borough President accused the Democratic governor Sunday of sexually harassing her while she worked for the state. I believe that she's also Democratic as well. So I, uh, let's leave that out of it for a second, right? But Lindsay Boylan, 36 years old, said in posts on Twitter that Mr. Cuomo harassed me for years, and a lot of people saw it. Uh, harassed me about my looks and other things. Ms. Boylan didn't return messages to the writer of the article to elaborate on her Twitter post, and she later tweeted that she wouldn't be talking to reporters about the matter. So for that, let's go directly to her tweets, Rick. Wow. Okay, so here we go. So it, it's is quite a bit. This is from Lindsay Boylan, and I'm ju- I'm just gonna go read down the line. My first experience of workplace sexual harassment was when my mom got her first real job after graduating from college when I was in high school. She was so excited to be taken so seriously, and seriously was in quotations. Her boss isolated her and kissed her. She never had that type of job again it was then how i learned how hard it is for women how hard this world can be for us when we are trying to be taken seriously and help our community how easily jerks can destroy the lives of women and i promised myself i would never let those kinds of guys win i would work hard my whole life to put myself in positions of power to change things to to end the violence and corruption Give voice to the voiceless. Uh, got all that. I'm following. Uh, power to change things, to end violence and corruption. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, so, yes, Governor Cuomo sexually harassed me for years. Many saw it and watched. I could never anticipate what to expect. I would be grilled on my work, which was very good, or harassed about my looks. Uh, or would it be both in the same conversation? This was that way. For years uh let me see what else i am angry to be put in this situation at all 
that because I am a woman, I can work hard my whole life to better myself and help others and yet still fall victim to countless and as countless women over generations have, mostly silent. I hate that some men like New York Governor Cuomo abuse their power. This is what she tweeted out there. From cityandstateny.com, quickly after asserting that Cuomo harassed her while she worked for him as Deputy Secretary for Economic Development as a special advisor from 2015 to 2018, Boylan said that she would not be taking questions as previously stated. She didn't provide any specific examples other than what was already in her tweets. Now, the governor's office immediately disputed Boylan's claims following the publication of her Twitter thread. Quote, there is simply no truth to these claims, end quote, said the governor's press secretary, Caitlin Gerard. The governor also denied Boylan's claims during his Monday presser while stating that he believes women have a right to come forward with any harassment claims that they may have. On Sunday, the New York Post reported on misconduct claims filed against Boylan during her time in the governor's office. According to the documents obtained by the Post, three black employees alleged that Boylan was a bully who treats them like children and was confronted with $8,000 in travel expenses, which ultimately led to her resignation. For the record, the governor and Ms. Boylan are both in the same political affiliated party. End of story right there. So here's the thing. I may have missed it because it, it's the uh, signal kind of went in and out. When did she allege this happened? Between 2015 and 2018, I believe. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. People are going to throw a lot of doubt at her as to why she waited. Right. So although that is a good question, why did she wait so long? It doesn't take away from the fact that that could possibly have happened. Right. Because sometimes people feel like saying something could make things worse, especially if they don't trust the process and they don't feel like uh, people are on their side as, as from, a, from a position of being fair. So that could be a reason why she waited. But at, at the end of the day, that has yet to be proven. But oof, what a hit. So this, a- uh, this story from cityandstateny.com is from Amanda Luz Henning Santiago. Uh, She wraps up the piece by saying three women who had worked for the Cuomo administration for a combined total of 15 years told the Times Union under the condition of anonymity that they had not experienced the sort of harassment that Boylan said she had. However, one woman said she would not be surprised if someone were to perceive Cuomo's behavior as bullying. Yeah, I really hope. I'm wondering if she reported it back then and nothing happened or she just chose to stay silent. HR told Uh, her to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Be quiet. Yeah, go back. Go. uh, uh, No, just no. HR does that, right? No, it's not in the best interest of the organization. Don't. No, just no. It's not. I would love to say that HR does not do that, but I have seen some HR offices who do exactly that. Right. And if you. Folks, listeners, everybody who's listening to this show right now, if you work for an organization, if you heard HR say that, or if you've seen HR say that, they said it to you, you need to get the hell out of there. <laughs> get the hell out of there. That is not a good environment to be in. I mean, you're come like, on. You're man. like straight up. There's no options. Just leave. No, just, just leave. Just, just leave. leave. Yeah. I mean, the people who you, who the people who are supposed to be the voice of reason, 
who's supposed to be, I don't want to say the referee, but the advisor, that partner to help talent move the needle from A to B. If they're tainted, if they're corrupt, it, it, then who do you go to? Bye. Just, just leave and just go somewhere else. So with this situation, if she submitted this concern back in 2015, um, hopefully HR stepped in. And, and if HR did a thorough investigation, which they should have, and they found nothing, nothing at all, then HR couldn't do anything at all, right? But could you imagine? Because if they found something, that would have been one of the biggest news stories in New York, actually in the nation, that would have been back then. But may, may still be. Who knows? May still be. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I'm hoping that didn't happen. And now it's an allegation. But I really think they should do a thorough investigation. And if these allegations are true, you should not be there anymore. Bye-bye. That's Heading exactly what over to California. California's got a lot going on. We talked about it last week. After we talked about it on the program, it actually blew up worldwide. We were right at the tip of the spear. We didn't have the clip of the audio, though, so we failed, you know. But it was that uh, the lady who had the restaurant, and she had the outdoor dining, remember this? And they shut her down, and they said, you cannot have people here. It's too dangerous. And then they opened up, like, 52 tents in the parking lot next door for a movie crew to, to eat slop, right? But she had this fancy dining place that built a tent outside. You remember this, right, Rick? Absolutely. I remember hearing her. Man, you know what? Even if you see, if you didn't see the video and you just heard the audio, just listening to her message and how the agony in her voice, the frustration in her voice, the anger in her voice, that in itself, without any video, is enough to send chills down anybody's spine. I just feel so bad for her and everybody else in that situation. Well, I think the people of California got a little upset about that and did a little bit of digging. And through digging and through finding out a little bit more, people are putting additional word out about what's taking place in California. Back over to the Tiki Takis, Veg Source, or maybe it's VEG Source. What up? VG Source. <laughs> I don't know. This guy came out with this video. It's pretty intriguing. Research for yourself after you hear about this here. Guys, I want to talk about this article right here. There's two articles that were published today that revealed that big studios paid pals of California Governor Gavin Newsom, who I voted for, so that they could keep the film and TV business open and not be subject to any of the closure or stay-at-home mandates. This came to light not because of the news media, but because of a viral Twitter video of a woman whose business was closed, but the studios are able to use her same parking lot to feed hundreds of people. Studios hired a lobbyist whose birthday Newsom was celebrating at that maskless indoor French laundry party after he had said no one else could do the same. These articles, you've got to read them. They say the film industry was able to bribe their way and get an exception to become essential businesses. COVID rules are destroying businesses, but they only apply to businesses and people that cannot bribe our governor and his friends. That if that is true, if that is true, that is crappy like nobody's business, man. Because the guy is right, you know. It's it, it's it's the only businesses that survive are the ones that has the means to submit bribes. Allegedly, uh, it's I'm definitely going to look into that to see if that's true. But if that man, they are in trouble if that has any substance to it. But you know what, though, JC, it doesn't matter. Want to know why? Because people who have the means 
to leave and drop everything down and just leave the state, that's what they're doing right now. That's what they're doing right now. Elon Musk is leaving. Joe Rogan already left. I and his own more people. I, I still think Elon Musk sounds like an amazing cologne. That's all. In space. <laughs> what are you wearing? Kind of I'm wearing Elon Musk. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, uh, this one goes back to November, Ricky. November 19th, to be precise. Uh, Deadline.com published this. It was literally everywhere. This was written by Tom Tapp. Entertainment industry workers are exempt from California Governor Gavin Newsom's new stay-at-home order. And in the light of unprecedented rapid rise in COVID-19 cases across California, Governor Gavin Newsom announced a limited stay-at-home order. The order requires generally that non-essential work, movement, and gatherings stop between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. in counties in the purple tier. He has colors, different colors. When it's in the purple, it's at the top, and then you make it rain. So the purple rains. That means basically every (laughs) county in Southern California and 94% of the state's population have to stay home. Newsom's office told Deadline.com that the order did not apply to entertainment industry workers who are on the list of essential workers and thus an exception to the rule. The governor's original stay-at-home order from March included the following passage uh, that still applies, quote, In accordance with this order, the state public health officer has designated the following list of essential critical infrastructure workers to help state, local, tribal, and industry partners as they work to protect the communities while ensuring continuity of functions critical to public health and safety, as well as economic and national security. End quote. Now, on the list of exemptions under the industrial, commercial, residential, and sheltering facilities and services, there is essential worker designation 15, which reads, Workers supporting the entertainment industry, studios, and other related establishments, provided they follow COVID-19 public health guidance around physical distancing, are going to be balled up into that. And they go on and on and on. So when we think about the restaurateur with the big outdoor dining place, that has to shelter in place, that has to send everybody home, at what point could they be deemed essential to feed the uh, movie crew industry people? It's it's mind-bottling. That's why it's mind-bottling. Yes, it is. It's a bottle of the mind. You still don't know where that quote comes from, do you? You told me last it's week. It's okay. Go with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with it, right? Movie um, quotes are not your niche. Do not get me started with that you know what i'm gonna remind people later on about that tiktok video anyway i don't understand how entertainment workers are considered are considered essential and some restaurants are not considered essential you know to be honest here we go i'm gonna catch some flack for this to be honest they just just do what florida does open everything, put some guidelines on there, let people, give people the opportunity to continue to earn a living, people who can do it from home, obviously, right? And have some 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 really detailed guidelines and people who don't follow it find the living daylights out of them. It, it, it's That's what Florida does. And granted, some restaurants in Florida don't follow those rules. I walk right out. Some people don't, right? That creates an issue, but they should be fined. 
them, maybe they should do the same thing in California. But 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 to put a blanket policy out there, where people like that lady who has all the it, it, it's her whole life, her blood, sweat, and tears are in that business that she has. She's being told she can't do anything, and she has employees. Next door, you've got a big movie studio who there's allegations of bribes to make sure they're able to operate. It's just it's it's just really shit. Man, and, and really feel bad for those folks. But it, it's we got to be smarter than that. And blanket policies just do not work. It, it makes it easy for the people administering them. But it's just it's, it's just not the answer. It's not. Again, that's just my opinion on it. Ricky, it's Chaz Michael Michaels that used the term mind bottling. Hopefully that jogs your memory a little bit. Chaz uh, Michael Michaels. Love that movie. Clearly. Yeah, no, but that's not the quote I remember. The quote I remember for that movie that really got to me and made me laugh for those people who who have or have not seen it is when they get into their uh, into their training mode and they started pairing up for the first time. Yeah, and uh, go into the room and uh, into the room that they're going to sleep in. And I think Chaz Michael Michaels is like, "Nighttime is a dark time for me." And the other guy's like, "It's it's dark for everyone, you idiot." <laughs> I freaking love that. <laughs> Not for Eskimos making love. <laughs> he said that too. Dude, talking about the movies and the entertainment industry, uh, Elf came on the other day for like the 52nd time in a row. And I, I kind of had my fill, you know, so I went in the other room and I put the TV on and there it was. Office party. Or Christmas office party or whatever it's called, right? You remember that one with the HR lady and she's like dancing, you know, yeah. if it, you're going to do that. Go beyond the parking lights in the CVS parking lot. You know, that girl. It's funny. I love that movie. I, this time of year just brings the uh, warms the cockles inside of my heart. You know, Elf is another movie that I really love when he answers the phone. Hello, my name is Muddy. My favorite color is blue. What's yours? And then the guy takes it away. <laughs> Have you tried doing that at work? I've tried that, but with a serious tone. Somebody calls me. Human resources. Ricky speaking. My favorite color is blue. How can I help you? Like, hey, Ricky. What? <laughs> what okay fine some people ignore it some people say mine is red oh my god awesome here's here's what happened oh my god talking about like random things that i do appreciate when people start talking about pf changs and the lettuce wraps there my heart melts i love okay. lettuce wraps at pf changs that's all i'm gonna tell you that's really it look you brought up elon musk we were talking about california cnn business as of the 13th claire duffy updated her article as of today on the 14th Elon Musk is officially leaving Silicon Valley for Tejas. These millionaires and companies are also joining him. There's a list here somewhere. Well, it's, it's in the it's in the article. It's a very big article. I, I I'm having a hard time finding all the names. Oh yeah, a tech company uh, decamping to Texas and especially to Austin is not groundbreaking. That's a quote out of the article here. CNN Business. It's it's full of like earth shattering quotes. Really is. Um, okay, quote. Okay, guys, hear me out. What if we move to Silicon Valley, and what if we move Silicon Valley to Miami? End quote. There's another quote. Um, who's leaving? Hewlett Packard Enterprises is going to be leaving California. The company announced its plans to relocate its headquarters from San Jose to Texas. Hmm. Houston is already its largest employment hub. Oracle is moving its headquarters from Redwood City, California, to Austin, Texas, though it plans Whoa. to maintain a presence in California. They believe the moves best position Oracle for growth and provide personal 
uh, personnel with more flexibility about where and how they work. Elon Musk, the Tesla CEO, revealed his move from California to Tejas. Uh, 8VC, Lonsdale's VC firm, is moving its headquarters from Silicon Valley to Austin as well. Drew Houston, the Dropbox CEO, purchased a home in Austin and plans to make it his permanent residence, according wow. to a report from uh, last month. Fire, uh, filed trail. File trail. You know and love that? I, I don't even know who the frig file trail is, Rick. I don't but know what that is. The formerly San Jose-based firm, which makes records management software for law firms. That's that's why. That's why. They're on the legal side of the house. File trail. Uh, they're moving to Austin in April. DZS Incorporated, telecommunications equipment firm, said in March it's going to move its HQ from Oakland to Plano, Texas. Question Pro, the online survey software firm, announced its move from the Bay Area to Austin. And then others have recently moved to Florida, Ricky. Finally, somebody's coming to Florida. Who's coming to Florida? Goldman Sachs. Also, David Bloomberg, the founder and managing partner of early-stage venture capital firm Bloomberg Capital, left the Bay Area for Miami, the San Francisco Business Times reported earlier. Keith Rabois, Rabois? I don't know. He's a general partner of Founders Fund and former executive at PayPal and LinkedIn. He told a Fortune reporter last month that he's leaving the Bay Area for Miami. And John Oranger, the founder and executive chairman of Shutterstock and a former New York resident, bought a $42 million mansion in Miami Beach in October, according to the South Florida Business Journal. Oranger has since formed Pareto Holdings, a firm aimed at incubating and investing in startups in the Miami tech scene. So, and the list we, goes on. I'm going to stop there. Can we say this? 2020 has been horrible for almost everyone except Texas. And, and <laughs> right? Florida. Florida's Florida, on apparently. the move, man. But I tell you what, California, if people don't see it right now, I'm going to give you tomorrow's newspaper today. They are in trouble. They are in trouble. Why? Why? What's going on? All of these big, big names, big tax, big tax bills are leaving. They're leaving. They're no longer going to invest in the in that community. If more people follow suit, right? Give it five years. If nothing changes over there, how they're handling things, and people still decide because right now the only people who are able to do it are people who's got the means, right? They're billionaires and millionaires, right? They can leave at the drop of a hat. If nothing changes, you're gonna have some people, the middle class lower class, even people um, who are below the poverty line who are going to be saving up money. They're like, we're gone. We're going to go somewhere else, maybe neighboring states. But California is in trouble. And give it five years. If you want to buy a square foot of land in California and be called a lord, you'll be able to do that too really cheap. Over <laughs> <laughs> in California. Oh, but man. Sounds like New York City. Yeah. Well, is really there a mass does. exodus? Oh, my gosh, yes. People are flocking out of New York left and right. A lot of people went straight to the suburbs. Uh, some people that chose to stay within uh, the city proper, within Manhattan specifically, uh, this this one family I know, they had a apartment, and you're talking a two-bedroom, one-bath uh, for a family of three, and they were paying approximately 3800 a month, and they were looking at houses in Connecticut and Virginia and in Pennsylvania and Jersey and different spots and whatnot and going to the suburban life. 
And it's at the end of the day, they just didn't want to do it. They want the city living. So you know what they did? They got out of their lease. They moved into another apartment, three bedroom, two bath, increased by a thousand square feet, and knocked the price down to like twenty six hundred dollars. Still, still up there, but okay. Not for New York. I mean, that's no, insane. Yeah. You're going from thirty eight hundred for two one down to like twenty six for three two, with a thousand more square feet. People are leaving in droves, man. And when that. And and so Goldman Sachs pulling out, moving to Florida is one thing. If they actually, if this actually, ha- if what I'm about to say actually pans out, I, I will not be shocked, but I will be blown away. If, <laughs> if the actual Thanks. stock exchange closes shop and moves to Texas, I will not be surprised. And that will be, that will be a massive right hook with, with wow. a left uppercut. Straight to the straight to the jowls is all I'm saying, man. I I don't know what to say anymore. The New York Stock Exchange has been there for just north of a hundred years, right? Yeah, just north around there, around about a hundred years. No, just north of it. If they leave right. New York City, wow, dude, yeah, that's yeah. gonna be an issue. It's gonna a be a big huge... time issue. Look, yeah, but you know what that does to people who bought people who bought property in Austin, Texas last year? They're loving it right now. Oh, loving yeah. It. Property values going through the roof. What? I got the guy who sent a red convertible into space as my neighbor who talks <laughs> like an alien. Absolutely. I'm loving it here. Yeah. Didn't they just crash a rocket the other day? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Didn't did you they? know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was all clapping, right? Yeah. And then it just crashed. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. I, I give him credit, though. You know, when you crash a rocket that size and you, you chalk it up, is a major accomplishment is something <laughs> excellent that you did. I mean, awesome. Awesome is. On, on one end that you've got the the money and resources that you're okay with that because you're also improving the product and saving lives. Unbelievable. I love it. I love that makes me want to fly in a tin can, you know, like I'm, I'm in, I mean, that thing looks terrible, but it flew. And I was like, yeah, I think I might want to <laughs> do it now because you blew it up and you're going to make it better. Think about where we were this time 10 years ago and where we're going to be this time in 10 years. This time 10 years ago, we did not have a military branch that was made specifically to fight aliens. Um, this past week, You're we an had two, You're an two Florida bases. It's not to fight aliens. <laughs> the Space Force. It's got nothing to do with immigration. It's, it's, totally, <laughs> it's a totally different thing, Rick. I don't even it's know why you're going down that road. I, those things i know i know bro <laughs> no but look patrick formerly patrick air force base now it's called patrick space force base that's gonna take a while for me to to uh to uh figure out that's 45 minutes from my house just yesterday a rocket just launched and a year ago i would have been like oh my god let's go outside and look at it but we've had so many lately yeah like, but, ah, dude, that's just a but dude like you don't live near the air coast you live near the space coast Right, it was never called the Air Coast, was it? That is true. No, yeah. it was not. It was Space Coast. Something back from the yeah. yeah. Hey, all this talk about Elon. There was a uh, there was a guy on the uh, on the Tiki Takis. We're going back to it again. He divulged some of the secrets. There was a leaked email from Elon that talked about productivity. So credit for this clip goes to Play.io. P L A I. 
period io play.io check him out on the uh on the tiktok this is from that cat sent all of his tesla employees he outlined his six hacks for productivity and i think they're beautiful so here they are one avoid large meetings here's what elon musk says about large meetings so take a screenshot of this or pause it and i'm gonna go to the next hack number two this one's hilarious simply leave a meeting if you're not contributing Elon says just walk out because it's not rude to leave a meeting, but it's rude to waste someone's time. Just leave a meet. Just leave. Just leave the meeting. I'm going to pause along the way on these. Tell me about that one. You were shaking your head. I agree with that 100%. You know how many meetings I've been in that I'm like, why am I here? Why am I here? I have no reason to be here. I love that. But here's where that, here's where that can backfire. That can backfire if you, if you host the meeting, right? And you're talking, you're doing everything you need to do in this meeting. And the person leaves. What if the person that leaves is the person who's supposed to be your audience for this meeting? (laughs) Should have hurried up and got there, you know, like ditch all the other stuff and go right to the meat of it. You know, here, let's continue. It's rude to waste someone's time. Here's the third hack. And it's pretty intense, but I love it. Communicate directly, irrespective of hierarchy. That means that communication should travel in the shortest path necessary to get the job done not through a chain of command oh so that one i knew about i heard about that a couple of years ago that is spot on actually i think you and i talked about it yeah a couple we did of years ago. and there's a lot of people that hate that one and i'm a huge fan of that one now chain of command versus chain of authority versus a potential future chain of respect maybe so like talk to whoever you want to and off on the tertiary off on the side like if you have to stay in this framework okay we've got our chain of respect like, I'm still going to talk to Ricky, but I'll, I'll see, see all these people or I'll keep them in the loop, but I'm still talking with him. Mm-hmm. No, or, yeah, or why it, not? I, I don't know. Why, why do we have to be stifled so hard sometimes? Well, that's why I like that one, because it, it, it's to, to be able to now military is not in this conversation. That's completely different. Even paramilitary. That's out of this conversation because people can die. Right. If you don't follow that chain of command, right? Me and HR, I'm not going to die. But here's the thing, right? Um, when, when, when that happens and if I as a leader am upset because my employee went over my head to get to, to pitch an idea to two or three people above me, if I'm upset at that, then that's an issue with me. I have an issue with my self-confidence and my leadership style. I'm supposed to be able to let my associates shine on their own and go ahead and do your thing. I love that one. I love it too. Hack number four from Elon, avoid nonsense words and technical jargon. I totally agree with this one. When I was at Google, there's a full dictionary of terms to memorize and it just slows down communication. Number five, try to ditch frequent meetings. These can be so annoying. And Elon's last hack, always pick common sense as your guide. Always pick common sense as your guide. So if that's the case, the employee handbook should be one page, one phrase, use common sense, done, sign here. And if that's the case, if you can go to Walmart with 500 of your closest friends to go shopping, you should be able to go to Azteca and eat a taco if you desire. They common shouldn't sense, have to right? be shut down. It's a common sense thing, right? It's a common I agree sense with you. thing. 100%. Absolutely. Hey, guess what, man? What? Current events this week. We've been doing it all show long, just like last week. We're just having fun with this as of right now. We're going to kind of keep it going on. We've got a couple 
current event things here for you. And this first one is going to be coming to us directly from NBC. According to Israel's former space security chief, in an interview with an Israeli newspaper, he said the aliens have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general what space and spaceships are. NBC News chief global correspondent Bill Neely explains this one. Hi, Alison. Well, this is quite a story, and it comes from the man who headed Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years. Chaim Eshed is making the extraordinary claim that the United States and Israel have been in contact with a group of aliens for years, not immigrants, but extraterrestrials. He has called them the Galactic Federation of Aliens, and he says President Trump is aware of the existence of these aliens and had been on the verge of revealing their secrets, he claims, but was asked not to do so by the Federation in order to prevent what he calls mass hysteria. Big kudos on this article and this current event topic, as well as quite a few you heard today, to our new associate producer, Rob for chiming in and helping us out on curating some of these articles along the way. Associate producer Rob, welcome aboard for your first week officially, sir. Ricky, over to you. I am so excited for this story. I don't know if it's finally some kind of evidence or I just want this to be true. Right? But I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm taking a step back. I'm, I'm pulling an Elon Musk here. What makes sense here? Right. Is this guy just just went crazy? I mean, he can be a quack. He's been head of of that part of the uh, military in Israel for over 30 years. Right. But at some point, what happened? I want this to be true. And look, me personally, I refuse to believe this little earth in this humongous galaxy, this whole universe that we can't even fathom how big it is that we're just alone here. Right. And it's just to hear that it's a possibility. It's just to me, it's exciting. What about you? I mean, are you do you think it's crap? Do you think that he just lost his mind or it's it's what do you think? No, I already knew that. We knew that already. Yeah. Oh, now you just shared it. No, I I can't go on. No, I have to stop. I can't talk anymore about that. I appreciate your inquiring. I'll just leave it at that. I knew about that. That's all. Are they real? Are they real? Are they green? It'll be interesting to see. Okay, I'll put it this way. Depending on the way things go with the whole election and and everything that's taking place still, and it's not over yet. It's really not over yet. It's not. So once everything comes to finality, and and if there is a change in the guard, who knows? Maybe there's going to be a mass disclosure taking place. Or alternatively, this could be the biggest long lead tease ever for that TV show Project Blue Book. On the History Channel, we all know where that wrapped up at the end of the last season, and we're all patiently waiting for the new one. It's kind of like with some of the other stuff that we see on TikTok and elsewhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram, people claiming to be time travelers. Well, guess what? All these could be long lead teases for the new season of Stranger Things. You don't know. You don't know. It could all be interconnected like that, Ricky. It really could. Think about it. He's saying that right now, brother, and we just changed. We we have a space force. We have a space force. And now this guy's saying that. Come on now. Okay. Okay. I will gently and slightly indulge. Okay. Only this one time. And I'm going to reserve myself a little bit. But do yourself a favor. If you're not already familiar, look up Apollo missions 1976 and uh, the whole secret mission to the moon. 
and and start to do a little bit of reading up on that. There's a whole thing that goes on. Uh, there's there's a lot of people here that claim to be uh, from from elsewhere that, that that are influenced by things. I don't know. There's a lot out there that we don't know, and there's a lot that we could know. I think it's plausible that it's real. I also think it could be the biggest uh, disinformation campaign that the world has ever seen in world <laughs> history. But do me one favor real quick. Think back, not too, too long ago, just a little while ago, think back to milk being delivered to the home via horse and buggy in a glass container. And now think about Velcro, Think about on-demand videos, MP3s, and Pornhub. Like, there's an amazing plethora of things <laughs> taking place in the world, Rick. There is. There's such amazing stuff on demand. I love that wide range of examples that you use yeah, as far range. as technology advancement due to aliens. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Your next story right here is coming from InsideHook.com. Food and drink, December 14th, 9.14 a.m., it is time to consider the 2% beer. 2020 has a lot of people drinking a lot more booze, and breweries are going to try to make it a little bit easier on us. Now, this was written by Josh Bernstein, or it could be Berenstein. I don't know. could be a Mandela thing. Hit up Josh, InsideHook.com. Find out how you say his last name and if he's connected to those little bears. But look, plenty of people... During the pandemic, stressful spring onset, uh, started drinking all the time, like constantly. People have been drinking like fish. Quote, we did that for a solid three weeks until we all looked at each other like, we need to stop drinking so much and get back to work. So life is going on. So this guy and his co-workers retrofitted Bungalow. It's a brewery for, um, for a malfunctioning world. Daytime drinking was fun, but not functional. And the sentence is weird. The issue is alcohol content. If the beer were 2%, we could probably drink it and get back to our work day. But nothing like that currently exists. It's either a light beer or otherwise just garbage. So had Brewer, Brian Gronke, address the issue with a lunchtime friendly by day. The beer is called by day. It's a 2% ABV beer inspired by the British Mile. The nutty beer is nuanced with toffee, chocolate, and dark fruit, packaged in a 12-ounce can that's perfect for pounding without dueling wits. Ricky, do you like it in the can? Um, I like draft beer. Thank you very much. American breweries excel at alcohol extremes. Darkly bruising imperial stouts, boozing fruity double IPAs brewed alongside bright non-alcoholic IPAs on and off switches for alcoholics. But low alcohol consumption traditionally meant lagers around 4 or 5% ABV, <laughs> leaving those lesser numbers alone. So, yeah, they, um, Miller 64, 64 calories once served as the sales pitch. Now the marketing copy promises a dryest January with a lighter beerish kind of beer and alcohol advertised at 2.8%. So they're really pushing hard. For two percent beer to be the wave of the future, why? So you could why? drink why? on your lunch break. This is what the guys are trying to say in the article. Drink on your lunch break because whether you have 05 percent or two percent of blood alcohol level at work, you're going to get in trouble, right? It's not like you're no, driving. No no, 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 no. Joshua Bernstein said you need light, a lower alcohol consumption to drink, and you'd be okay to go back to work. 
any alcohol in your system, 0.001%, you're going to have an issue at work. Don't listen to this guy. <laughs> he's, he's not talking about me. He's not. He's talking about the article writer, not me. Hold on. <laughs> no, not you. The Bernstein guy. Don't listen to him, All folks. Right. Are, there HR, are there HR leaders out there that say, it's lunch. Go ahead, have a beer. I'm sure they are, and they're crappy. They they are crappy. Now, unless unless it's a specific reason why you have to do it. For example, when I used to work for Darden Restaurants, right? Darden owns. They forced uh, you the to drink? Not really, but they allowed us to drink in moderation for the job. They forced you to drink beer for your job? They didn't force me. They allowed me <laughs> to drink beer. <laughs> and uh, actually... Uh, wine and different drinks, so we know what to pair with the different states and different meals. Oh, and that's different. Are, yeah. yeah, okay. No, I get it. Loved it. <laughs> it was awesome. I got so much pasta. <laughs> it was great. Your final story here. It's not really a story per se. As much as it is a, a parable for life. From over on the TikTok... Roger Creates. I had a boss back in the 90s that called me into his office one morning and said, Hey, Roger, how many yellow cars did you see on the way to work this morning? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, what if I gave you $100 for every yellow car you see on the way to work tomorrow? And I was like, well, I see every yellow car that I passed and that passed me. And then ding, 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 I got his point. That point being, if we can train our subconscious for maybe to notice a yellow car for a mere $100, then we can certainly train our subconscious filters to notice things that are of much greater value than just yellow cars and just $100. So I wanted to leave you with that thought here on our subconscious filter series and want to wish you a great weekend. Really expands your mind. Gets it out of that mind-bottling phase. What the hell is he talking about? What is he talking about? <laughs> it's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories this week brought to you in part by the parables of Roger Creates that Ricky didn't understand. That's fine. Yellow car for a thousand, Alex. You'll listen back to this. You'll hear it again. You'll dissect it. It'll make more sense. I know you had a very rough day. I'm working hard for the smiles here. And you're smiling. You're like Santa. I like how when Ricky turns around, he's got like this Christmas on the back of his head. It's like lights behind him right there. Beautiful lights on the HR talk wall. Okay, so this Florida story. uh, Last year, Esmond helped 36 households by paying $4,600 to cover their overdue utility bills that put them in, in the dark and at risk without being the basic necessities during the holidays and this year with the economic uh, effects of the pandemic still raging and the impact of several hurricanes affecting those in his home community of Gulf Breeze, Esmond has decided to repeat the charitable gesture with a donation of $7,615. Edmund aided 114 households this year and the residents will be notified in the coming weeks via a holiday card. Quote, this year to me probably is is more meaningful than last year with the pandemic and all the people out of work 
and having to stay home. Hurricane Sally slammed us really good, hurt a lot of people. We still have a lot of blue roofs here where they're just covered with tarps. Edmund's generosity will likely alleviate pressures for many who are struggling financially this holiday season and hopefully inspire others to act in kindness as well. His own inclination to act in such a way stems from the empathy he feels for people who are passing through difficult times, and he has certainly lived those difficult times. Florida man Michael Esmond helping his community this holiday season by paying overdue utility bills for 114 households. If you want to read that story, stop by mymodernmet.com, M-Y-M-O-D-E-R-N-M-E-T.com. Title of the article, Florida Man Pays Overdue Utility Bills for 114 Strangers, written by Arnesia Young. That is awesome. That really is awesome. I know on this show, normally Florida Man stories take a different turn, but this was a good feel one. And and I I really wish pe- more people that, that have the means to do so do more of that, especially this year. Um, it, it's I was talking to uh, somebody last week who every year, every year, donates $3,000 during Christmas, all for server tips. He goes out every weekend and for the month of the, actually from after christmas all, i mean after thanksgiving all the way to christmas he just shells out 50 60 70 120% in tips so as cool. long as it it doesn't go over 3 grand which is amazing wow. that is awesome and i know how much he makes and uh yeah uh, it, it, it's it's that's quite a bit of his salary you know i'm i'm not going to lie man i don't have that kind of bread uh but I did do something over the past week, Ricky, that shocked a lot of people. Yeah, what'd you do? So I I took one one day and uh, I went on to the uh, uh, social media platforms and I recorded voicemail greetings for people randomly. And I went through and, and I laid those off and I put them down as tracks. And uh, people could use them on their voicemail if they wanted to. If they didn't want to, they didn't have to use them. You know, it was just something that they could laugh at. And a few people really liked it. Um, I sent one to my favorite HR lady, you know, like literally her name's the HR lady. So I, I sent her one, but she's got a lot of business and a lot of things going on right now. She couldn't use the one I had, but she got a great laugh out of it. Uh, sent one over to Amanda Brunson as well. She loved it. That was fantastic. So if you've got her number, call her. Like, literally, if you're listening to this show right now and you have Amanda Brunson's number, pick up the phone and call Amanda Brunson. Ricky, do you have her number to read on it? No, I'm kidding. I will not do that. (laughs) (laughs) But sincerely, I did these things out of the kindness of my heart. I'm not the rich man. I can't pay your utility bills, but I'll bring a smile to your world. You know, it's the least I could do. I didn't do anything for you, though. All right, just like any other year. Awesome. No, that's great. No, but actually, bro, that that you know, it doesn't have to be a monetary thing, right? It, it's as long as you make somebody smile and you make their day, that is awesome, you know. And and actually, did did you hear about that story? I think it was Wisconsin or Wyoming. I forgot what it was. That that Dairy Queen. Somebody said, "Hey, I want to pay for the car behind me," and they kept doing that. And and that car paid for the car behind, and they paid and they paid nine hundred people. 900 people. All right. (laughs) I'm going to share a very terrible story with you now. Okay. 
Uh, it was one Valentine's Day a very, very long time ago, and a young JC was feeling quite jaded and down. He went to the local Tim Hortons, which is kind of like a Starbucks of Canada, and waited in line. And people were taking a little bit longer at the window than what they should. Lo and behold, did I find out when I finally got up there that the person in front of me had paid for mine. As that chain had been going for the past few hours. So I accepted the gift and said thank you. <laughs> so, so the good gesture stopped with you? I thought it was for <laughs> me. I didn't know it was a thing. I later learned that I broke the chain, and maybe that's why I had seven years of bad luck after that. So if you're ever caught in a line and that's taking place, you buy the stuff of the person behind you. Now, I'll tell you another secret. You ready? If the person behind you puts their bright lights on, they get too close, or they've been driving like real erratic, and now they followed you into the drive through line, when you go up to the window, pay for their food and take it. <laughs> What am I going to do with a vegan burger? Throw <laughs> it back in it. All right. It's been a show. Ricky, what are some of the best ways people could reach you? Oh, no, no, no. Actually, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. It's time for final thoughts. No, you were good. No, you were give me your final thoughts on the day. Final thoughts. Look, um, it, it's, it's, it, it is the holiday season. Um, I want to finish this show on this note. Whether you got the means, whether it's monetary, whether it's service, whether it's a talent that you have that you can make somebody else smile. People need it. People definitely need it. Following JC's footsteps. Uh, make sure that you pick somebody, pick a bunch of people. Are you talking Whatever about the drive through line? No, no, not the drive through line. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the voicemails, dude. The voicemails. Oh, yeah. Don't follow in JC's footsteps if you're going to just break that chain. Yeah, no. No, what people needed these days, right? Yeah. I put something out on social media last about toys for tots i donate to them every year it is a great organization even five bucks help but even your time that does help this year this year people need that the most jc has a question yes sir no more a statement than a question the toys for tots thing that's where the marines are around and they're collecting the toys in the barrels correct i don't know about barrels but yeah you know what i mean they put them in the bags or the containers and stuff you go you donate the toys i always loved going and like going over their uniform and picking out what was wrong and telling them oh. like <laughs> can you imagine just going hey i got like 85 toys what's up pizza box <clears throat> pardon me staff sergeant <laughs> i need a moment of your time over here <laughs> oh, look you've been in for 38 crack, years crack early out, Lance Corporal. crack out my little ruler <laughs> <laughs> you think i'm kidding <laughs> You've done, you've you've actually done that. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. It's funny though. It's good. You make friends and then you make a donation. Then you make you, you can't do that without making a donation. That's all I got to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, um, but those are my final thoughts. Just 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 people need help, especially around these holidays. Be there for them the best way you can. So thank you for that, JC. Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back.
pay attention to the time you think you have, because if you don't pay attention, it'll be gone before you know it. And Ricky Baez, what are some of the best ways people can reach us, please? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any social media outlets, Tiki We're actually on Tiki one of the biggest producers of the show. Uh, our buddy Rob, associate producer Rob, he's also an associate producer. He's doing a good job. Thank you very much. Keep that coming in. But let us know what you think about the show. You can find us on your favorite podcast outlet. Give us a like. Give us a dislike. I don't care. Just let us know what you think. Thank you very much for finding us. We do now have an official associate producer, Rob. Can't thank him enough for everything that he's bringing to the table for us. With that being said, we are on the active hunt right here, right now, for our next associate producer to join the team. We are sincerely looking for assistance with social media. For someone that wants to step up to the plate, maybe help with bookings. We have two spots available. Anyone that would like to jump in and give us a hand, uh, certainly more than welcome to jump through the background investigation. Ricky will take you top to bottom. Remember, everyone needs a high five at some point. I'm JC. On behalf of Ricky Baez, associate producer Rob, myself, and Ricky's dog, Honey Pooh. It's our pleasure seeing you. Drive safe. Have a good night. Pineapple really has no place on pizza. I'm going to cut that out. That's terrible. Pineapple has a place on pizza. No, dude. Yes, it Why? does. Pineapple on pizza is friggin' amazing. There's something wrong with you if you think there's something. Uh... Crap. I was at the bar the other day. The guy next to me ordered one slice, almost like to piss me off. You ain't let me right. get one slice. Dude, let me, let dude. me guess. You don't like green olives either. I don't green olives. What are you talking about? Oh, on pizza? I never had it on pizza.